Welcome to Psychic Primacy, a series of discussions exploring the areas of most critical psychological importance of various films and TV shows. Today, we are talking about The Babadook. The lives of Amelia and her son Samuel have fallen apart. They are the victims of the traumatic loss of their husband and father. But the absence of the father figure is just one piece of this puzzle, as Amelia's ability to be a parent is greatly lacking, as she allows Samuel and his imagination to run amok throughout the household. One night, she is desperately attempting to put her son to bed with a story when they happen upon a book which has appeared out of nowhere. Among the different verses of poetry, we hear the lines, If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. With phrases as secretive and coded as these, we are impelled to dig deeper into their meaning, and for that reason, this is where we begin to explore the psychic primacy of the Babadook. These lines are a description of the shadow that resides within all and which can never be eliminated. The shadow being the dark side of our nature. It is the part of ourselves which we cannot or will not access. We all do our best to deny the darkness within, but that doesn't mean it has vanished. It is only hiding, waiting to make its appearance, like a surprise in Samuel's magic act. But the story also indicates that you have to look carefully to see your shadow, that it can easily slip past you, being constantly elusive. It's speaking to our need to be more objective about our life, to see outside our limited view of consciousness and recognize that which is on the fringes of awareness. We are told that if you can find it, if you can make it known and visible, that it can become an ally and an assistant in life. But if we do not accomplish this task, it could be our downfall. Ladies and gentlemen, mom and dad, life is not always as it seems. It can be a wondrous thing, but it can also be very treacherous. Here we find a perfect description for the attempt to come to terms with the shadow, as the journey is not without its perils. Amelia, for example, must resist the need to always be nice, of allowing others to make decisions, of never having rules and order within the household. But when one moves away from the pole of extreme kindness, bumps are sure to ensue, and an entiadromia is set to occur, a reversal of position to the exact opposite, in which one inches towards the evil and darkness they have always denied. It's a risky transition for Amelia, as she becomes more aggressive, hurtful, and mean to her child, as she has never accessed or experienced this side before. She has no idea how to manage it. You don't come around to our house anymore? Because I can't stand being around your son. I can't believe you just said that. You can't stand being around him yourself. Amelia's inability to set limits with Samuel has led to the development of a one-sided relationship with him. And because she has declined to help him grow, she is now resenting his existence. 
It's another effect of the repressed shadow in that when we deny our own darkness, we end up projecting it onto others, making them the one who we hate and despise. But we only despise them because we did nothing about the existing problem, because we neglected to play a role in changing our relationship with them. So as she projects and denies, Amelia sinks deeper into a fantasy world. She attempts to make Samuel take sleeping pills so as to avoid any difficulties. She wants to disappear and forget, rather than cope and overcome. She will not grapple with the requirement of forming a relationship with the evil within. When one is confronted with their darkness, they might believe they only have two options, to either be a docile, soft pushover, or to be a mean, cruel, and violent human being. One side wants to feed Samuel ice cream for dinner, while the other side wants to strangle him to death. She is either being the overprotector or the devouring serpent. She is being tossed between the opposites, but both sides are untenable in the long run and must be reconciled. I'm really hungry, Mom. Why do you have to keep talk, talk, talking? Don't you ever stop? Amelia is becoming the Babadook. She is becoming the evil due to her suppression of it. The inability to manage the tension of opposites is causing the evil to overtake her. She cannot manage it, she cannot integrate it, and is instead being consumed by hate. She has become the evil parent that she never wanted to be, the authoritarian who has no relationship with their child. It's now a one-way street full of unilateral decision-making in which the child has no choice and the parent is a rule-maker. Sometimes, I just want to smash your head against a brick wall until your fucking brains pop out. Near the end of the film, the Babadook finally has its way and Amelia must make it a part of herself. She murders their dog and causes her son to wet his pants. She fully embraces the evil getting to know what it is like, experiencing its phenomenological nature. She correspondingly attempts to murder her child before she is stopped short by a stab to the leg. But Amelia cannot wholly be the Babadook, the shadow or the evil. She can't be the same as the shadow. She needs to know what it is and experience it, but it must be separate from her something which is accomplished when she expels blood from her mouth. She must distinguish herself from the evil, asserting herself with a loud scream, and finally establishing herself as a protector of her child. He's been out of school over two weeks now. It's time to get back. We needed some time to sort a few things out. Ultimately, Amelia is able to form a relationship with the entity making sure that it is taken care of and satisfied. She has not let the shadow overtake her, as it would have destroyed the entire family. Tying us back to the psychic primacy of the film, by tending to the Babadook in her cellar, Amelia has become the clever one who has found a friend. The willingness to confront the shadow has allowed her and Samuel to be more true versions of themselves offering them the chance to speak their minds more often, to see the value in the more insidious parts of life, 
exampled by the joy of digging for worms in the dirt. As a result, she comes to value her son and their relationship in a more profound way. It is all accomplished by rejecting the need to always be kind, instead seeing the benefits of her inherently dark nature. Thank you for experiencing this episode of Psychic Primacy. Be on the lookout for more episodes in the series coming soon.